So today's prayer for illumination is conveniently not intended to be spoken in unison. Let us pray. O God, maker of all that is beautiful, Jesus gave us the seeds of your justice and peace. In this time together, touch us, teach us, inspire us to show those seeds through our ministries so that all may share in creation's abundance to make true the promise that no one will know scarcity and no one will suffer deprivation in this community and beyond. Amen. Our message today comes from the Gospel of Mark. Hear these words. He also said, The kingdom of God is if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day. And the seed would sprout and grow, he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with the sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples." This is the Word of God for the people of God. I got a little excited whenever I got the text from Jake saying, oh, the, the uh, screens aren't working. I'm like, come on, lights, go out, go out. Then we can just go home. <laughs> I'll be real honest with you because, yeah, that's how I feel this morning. Uh, but I am glad to see y'all, and I'm glad to see y'all without masks on um, because everywhere I go, I see people with their masks on these days. Uh, I've missed seeing both your faces and hopefully positive expressions. If not, I shall fall into a puddle of tears because I'm a chaplain now and I'm in tune with my emotions. (laughs) So with that, let's go to God in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rhonda Taylor. For those of you that haven't seen me, my name is Rhonda Taylor. Um, about three years ago, I started a seminary, and for those first two years, I worked here at Chapelwood. Um, Uh, while I was at Perkins, and uh, in our degree plan, we have to do an internship. And so because my emphasis was going to be in chaplaincy, I went off to Memorial Hermann Hospital to learn how to be a chaplain, a better one. In the beginning of September, I will finish the rest of my academics and graduate. Thank you, Jesus. Go be a chaplain, someone said. Oh, you want to be a chaplain? 
Go to seminary, they said. Oh, you want to be board certified? Get prepared to write a lot of papers. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. (laughs) So, I'm not going to stay there. Instead, we're going to go to something slightly less confusing and talk about the great um, scripture that Chris read to us today. But I'm going to go back a little bit, just a little bit, uh, to talk about that first line in Mark. Now, I'm not going to summarize it. If y'all missed the summary from Josh last week, I invite you to go to our, our, um, um, go to our uh, Facebook or to go to the website where you can hear it because Josh did a really good job of dramatically and with some liberty, take us from Mark 1 through Mark 3. But I want to go back and just say that the opening line in Mark says, it's about the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that's what Mark is about. So we can go home, right? We can go to El Toro. We can head off to La Casona. We can go get the roast out of the crock pot. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more because that's the reason why Peter is paying me the big bucks. And we're going to look at Mark 1, 14 through 15. The first words that Jesus says out of his mouth is that the good news about God is that God's kingdom has now drawn near. And he calls for his hearers to turn their lives around, the lives living, trusting in the good news. So all this talk about the kingdom doesn't just begin in this gospel. It begins also, it's also in Mark, I mean in Matthew and in Luke. But it's a major theme in Mark's gospel. In fact, you hear about it 17 times. So a very careful reader, like I know that you guys are, of the New Testament knows that the kingdom is not about geography or some static place. It's a dynamic reality that God's presence and power within creation and within our, and is in with, within, the, um, within the lives of God's people. So when we talk about God's kingdom now, we're talking about the here, we're talking about the creation, and we're talking about us. So the talk of the kingdom has to do with how we hear Jesus and how we hear and see his coming and how we note his presence among us and how that shapes and affects our lives. If we were really to hear his call to follow as disciples and journey with him, would you really hear that? I'd like to back up just a little bit to Mark 4, 23. Jesus says, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Well, that sounds simple, right? How many of y'all really listen? How many of y'all really hear when someone talks to you? When Peter 
patted me on the head and said, Rhonda, I think you'd be a great chaplain. And he kind of kicked my behind and off I went to St. Luke's. I was like, they're going to tell me how to do this. They're going to tell me how to do that. I'm going to be a great chaplain. I didn't listen. I listened to respond. How many of you, as people are talking, are already formulating what you're going to say? Because I saw it on a Facebook post. Because I saw a great short liner on Twitter, Instagram. Or I was standing in the HEB, because we have to stand in the line at the HEB, six feet apart still, and on this great book was something that would help this person. I wonder if instead we listened to what Jesus said. Jesus would say to me, perhaps, this is Rhonda. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed in the ground. Night and day he sleeps or he gets up and the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Now, am I going to say to Jesus, you know, I read in this horticulture book that this is what happens to a seed. Maybe instead I might say, wow, Jesus. I don't know a whole lot about horticulture. Everything that's living at our house, John Taylor takes care of. And so it survives. But it sounds to me that this is something that I really can't fathom. Even if I was to go to that horticulture book or Google it, I still may not understand it. This is a mystery. And it's pretty important because you're saying it. The phrase, the kingdom of heaven, does not refer to a place. Heaven is not just a place that we go after we die. It refers to a rule of heaven, that is, of God being brought to bear in the present world. So Jesus' contemporaries knew that the Creator God intended to bring justice, peace, and His world here And now, thy kingdom come, Jesus said. Thy will be done, Jesus said, as on earth as it is in heaven. One of my favorite authors is Henry Nowlin. And if you've ever read any of his books, uh, they're phenomenal, number one. But there's one in particular that I had to read, actually, whenever I was in Christian education, because, yeah, Whenever I was here at chapel, they just kept sending me away. Go and learn this, Rhonda. Go and learn that, Rhonda. And Henry Nowlin documents his own struggle with his tension after leaving the lofty ivory towers of academia to work in a house for mentally disabled adults. 
He describes this struggle in a book called In the Name of Jesus. The first thing that struck me, he said, was whenever I came to the house with mentally handicapped people, that their liking or disliking of me had absolutely nothing to do with any of the many useful things I had done up till then. Since nobody could read my books, they could not impress anyone. Since most of them never went to school, my 20 years at Notre Dame, at Yale, and Harvard didn't, prov- didn't provide any significant introduction. My considerable economical experience proved to be most and less value. Not being able to use any of these skills that proved so practical in the past was a real source of anxiety for me. In a way, it seemed as though I was starting my life again. So how have you managed your own sense of call? How have you managed whenever you are seeking the kingdom of God? and your own worldly ambitions. Continually, Jesus described the kingdom in terms that can't point or identify to anything specifically. But in the story, the kingdom was an essential piece. The kingdom is like a tiny mustard seed that sprouts into a giant bush. Someone couldn't find the original seed after the bush has grown, but the birds could not nest in branches if it were not for that seed. The kingdom of God is not always coming in ways that you observe, Jesus said. No one will be able to say, look, here it is. Over there, there it is. The kingdom of God is already here, and it's within you. These words were such a colossal paradigm shift an upside-down way of looking at an inside-out world. They are disruptive now as they were then. Jesus is telling the people then and us now that we won't be able to identify the kingdom geographically or even point it out to one singular event. Even though the fullness of the kingdom is not realized, The kingdom has already begun, and we are a vital part of that realization. It is everywhere, and it is now. It is among us. It is within us. And it's worth losing everything we have to gain it. There's a writer, Katie McCabe, who described her mentor, Charles Savage, as a man who changed the room simply by walking into it. He believed so completely in his students and colleagues that we really had no way to not believe in ourselves, Katie said. Inspired, encouraged, and challenged by her mentor, McCabe wrote that even though it was 15 years later, everything that she did was an attempt to find the person that he saw in her. Friends, God has planted the seed of faith deep in you 
and the kingdom is already here. It's a mystery. And I know for a lot of you that's really hard. But the mystery matures and it grows. I see it in you, just like somebody saw it in me. All of us are capable of living that mystery, even when we don't understand it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.